You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went down and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the white man, to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the man who showed him mercy, and Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. All right, I'm just going to pray for our time. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity to go to Jamaica and meet with believers there and um, just share uh, your love with with those that don't know you and and those that do. we pray for this time that it would be honoring and glorifying to you, and uh, just uh, give this time to you in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so that's the Jamaican flag. If you haven't figured that out already, um, we were told by the natives that the green represents the the lushness of Jamaica, the yellow is the golden sunshine, and the black is the people. So the ethnicity of Pretty much the whole island is is African American. Um, okay, so we uh, we flew into Montego Bay. It's an international airport, and we got um, right away. There's no air conditioning in the international airport, which I thought was kind of surprising. I thought of all places they would have it at the airport, but so it was hot. And there were some fans. Um, The red spot here is where we ended up staying and and worked at the church in in Wakefield. Um, This path is everywhere that we ended up going in that week. Um, And you'll you'll see some pictures, but this road along the coast was great. If you get off the road into the jungle at all, it's paved, but there's potholes everywhere. Um, and we'll give some details, but it's basically just as fast to walk or jog than it is to drive because you're going around potholes and um, very interesting, but it did offer extra time in the air conditioning of a car. So So this is our team that we went with. You see our shirts. The BBC is actually Becker Baptist Church, but it works with Bethany Bible Church as well. Yeah. 
So uh, this is Pastor Kevin. He's the youth pastor up there. His wife, uh, Emily. Uh, what's that? Amy. Amy. Sorry, Amy. Uh, Alexis is their daughter. Kennedy is their other daughter. And then Megan, Hannah, Miles, and Nick were um, the other other students there. Miles, his dad, is, uh, was Kelly's high school classmate. So that was our connection to this church. Um, so this is us shortly after we landed. Um, they, they greeted us with a bottle of Wata right away. And it, it, literally that's how they pronounce it is Wata. Um, and here's a, we didn't get many pictures with our guides, but we teamed up with, uh, it's Praying Pelican is the uh, mission group that we teamed up with, and certainly a great bunch of, of people, um, and it is really unique. You know, if you meet brothers and sisters from anywhere, you just have a natural bond right away. Um, we have Christ in common. This is Hugh Roy. Jackson, he was uh, kind of the the leader of the group. His brother Linford, and they have seven siblings, or there's eight of them total. He showed me a picture. He called it the Jackson Eight. There's seven boys and and one girl. Um, this was our driver, um, Mr. Henry. The whole week, I thought his first name was Henry, but I found out on the last day it's his last name. But he said, everybody calls me Henry. What is his real name? Yeah, Steedman or Stodman. And then back here is Kareen. And she says, you have to say it with sass when you say her name. It's Kareen. Um, she, was, she was a hoot. So just some Jamaican phrases. So the... Jamaican language is English, of course, but it's been influenced by Spanish, Dutch, and German, right? Yeah, so it, there's some words that maybe sound slang, but they, they literally uh, spell them different and say them different. But wagwan, oh, what did I do? Okay. Wagwan means, how's it going? So if you greet somebody, it's wagwan. And the response is, me good. But it depends on your tone as to how good you are. You know, so me good is, yeah, I'm okay. But, and then it gets better, like, me good. But the best is, Ira man. It's like, everything's cool. Everything's okay. Um, so we talked about wada. Tonks is thanks. They don't really pronounce the H's. It's, it's tonks. And two of my favorite are no problem, man. And that's, it's not just the reggae. It's, it's everybody. You know, it's no problem, man. No, no problem. And then uh, the equivalent to ya sure, ya betcha is yaman. Yaman. Everything's yaman. And it, it really, it was fun to uh, just to get to know the culture and the people. But if you guys have anything, that you can interrupt me.
So I would just chronologically, we'll take you through the week. Um, we hadn't eaten really anything that day when we flew in, so they they treated us to a Jamaican. Um, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's called juicy patties, but they it's like a spicy beef in the middle, and it's kind of like pastry type of. Um, fried bread it was super hot like temperature wise when we got it but then the second time we got it towards the end of the week they didn't tell us about the cocoa bread you can wrap it in and it makes holding on to the hot juicy patty better but it was really good um, so just a little religious background on on Jamaica um, Actually, most public schools are church-affiliated, which is kind of surprising. It's it's kind of going away from that. But a lot of the schools, public schools, they open their day with some Christian devotions. Um, so most Jamaicans have, at least, if they don't get it at home, they have some sort of Christian background. Um, Rastafarianism. Has anybody heard of Rastafarianism before? Yeah, I really hadn't dug into it prior to the trip, but it's it's basically a an offshoot of Christianity that developed in the 1930s, and it came out of Jamaica. Um, there was a emperor in Ethiopia called um, is it Halil Selassie, and they believed that he was Christ uh, returned, but um, mainly for people of African descent. So they see. Africa is the promised land, but part of their religion is actually the smoking of cannabis and kind of this natural living with with the fruits and um, wearing their hair in in dreadlocks. That's kind of the the picture, kind of a snapshot of of Rastafarianism, and we saw quite a bit of that. We didn't get really any one-on-one conversations with any Rastes is what they call them, or Rasties. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned before, just there's a prevalent mindset of of no problem on, or don't don't worry about a ting. Um, the uh, it, it it did, especially speaking with our our Christian brothers and sisters there. That you know, Philippians four six through seven that says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request." Be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So um, I think typically us Americans have a tendency to be anxious, but Jamaicans were pretty laid back. Um, so the this is a rough road off the main road, and it pictures really don't do it any justice, but... There's, it, it, they don't look deep, but in the cars they drive with very little clearance, you can do a lot of damage to the car if you just drive straight over it. So it's it's basically maneuvering around to get through um, to where you need to go. But as you go along the road, there's people just sitting around chatting or trying to sell some local produce or fruit. Uh, I had to take a picture of this guy. They carry anything on the motorcycle. This is a big PVC pipe, 
And of course, they're smoking as they're driving with no helmets, and they they drive pretty fast. But a lot of a lot of motorcycles. Um, so yeah, so this was the road to our guest house, which we'll get to. There's lots of stray dogs, goats, and chickens, and the. There's a couple mornings that the goats woke us up, kind of like a rooster in the morning, um, off in the jungle. Um, their country, their, their number one export used to be sugarcane, and I don't fully understand the, the reason why, but the government basically shut the plants down, which then shut the fields down, and their main source of income is, is gone. So there's these empty government old fields that are just not growing anything and I I don't fully understand why but it, it has affected the country um, pretty pretty badly um, there's some more f fields there so we're driving on this this rough road and the the shacks a lot of them look like this this one happened to be I didn't think anybody lived here this was right across the road from our guest house. And when, when we saw our guest house, I was almost a little embarrassed that we stayed in a, in a nice house. Um, I mean, there were some nice, nice houses along the way, but they were all built out of um, cement block. And um, uh, you might see some pictures, too. But the, there's a lot of termites and the moisture, so the wood just doesn't hold up. Um, and it, the, the verse in, in Matthew 19, um, talking about the, Jesus was saying how it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven than it is for a camel to pass through a, the needle of a, or the eye of a needle. And, um, and that was all in the context of the, the rich young ruler as well, but, um, but then he, he just does follow up by saying um, the disciples were like, who can be saved? And he said, well, with God, all things are possible. With men, it is impossible. Um, but uh, we just kind of had this sense of um, we are very comfortable in our country, which we knew that going in there. But to actually um, be there and see how people live, um, what they don't have, and then and to see how happy they are, and um, they're comfortable in themselves. I should say that, but they they don't have the the physical comforts that we do. So, if you turn around from that house, this is what you see. Um, it's pretty pretty nice. Um, the uh, so yeah, four point four kilometers, two point seven miles from the church but it was a 40-minute drive, so it, it, the roads were, were bad. Um, so the thing about the guest house and, and, uh, and all the houses is electricity is expensive and water is hard to come by. They'll just shut your water off without even warning. So I don't know if I had any pictures. I'll, I'll point it out if we get to it, but they, back behind here is a big black... Um, water tank and they don't have water heaters it's just warm by the sun and then it's all gravity fed into the house 
And so we were instructed right when we got there, save water, save electricity. Um, when you take a shower, wet down, shut it off, set up, rinse off, and then you're done. Um, so there, the problem is, is if once you drain that tank, you don't know when your next water is going to come. So this is another view of the guest house. These are the, the vehicles we had. Mr. Henry drove the van, and then uh, Hugh Roy drove the, the car. We had enough people that we needed two vehicles. Um, this is a view out the back. This is a, kind of the jungle. And, and these roads are they're basically just roads that they cleared in the jungle to, um, to, I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe it was to get fruit, but there are no... It's like one big village. There's houses all along the road as you go into the jungle. Uh, this was the bunkhouse for the boys. And then uh, there was a common room where we had um, nightly devotions, kind of a recap of the day, and then we planned for the next day. Um, then across the yard was this uh, uh, dining facility, but this back here... I think it was a shipping container that they converted into the kitchen. And um, it, was, it was a nice, it was out of the sun. Um, they, they fed us really well. And this was the view out the back. Uh, the sunset was, was pretty amazing. And then, of course, the sounds of the jungle with the crickets and frogs and um, different sounds than we hear here. Uh, just very quickly... There was a lot of fresh fruit. We learned about fruit that we'd never heard about. Um, the uh, breadfruit is this one. Um, it's uh, actually it was imported for the slaves by the um, the British, and it's it's really a prevalent food. You bake it, roast it, and it it's really good. Um, there's plantains, I think I'm saying that right, that look like bananas. Um, the otaitis, or they call the Jamaican apple. It's more like a pear. Um, this looks like eggs, but it's actually aki. And it's, if you open it on your own, it, uh, it's poisonous. But if you wait for it to mature, then, and it opens up, then it's safe to eat. And I remembered how to pronounce that because my kids would say when they were younger that if they didn't like it, it's aki. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, it's the national dish. And it's really good. It actually tastes like scrambled eggs. This is star fruit. Uh, very good. There was a tree in the backyard. They fry their green bananas. And they have chicken and fish in their their dishes. They don't call it hot dish, but uh, mango, uh, fried dumplings, and they had some shrimp and some stuff too. And the juice, every meal, they don't drink milk, but they have fresh squeezed juice for every meal. It was good. I think this was star fruit juice. Uh, this is the Odaides. This is this ground up. And uh, that might be lemongrass juice, which is really good. There's Bo with some star fruit. 
in the backyard, and there's some plantains. Am I saying that right? Uh, and lots of lizards. Weston took some good lizard pictures. This is the lemongrass, and then this is a bundle of bananas that was at the church. This is Pastor Walker here, and we'll, we'll get to that. And coconuts. We got a bunch of coconuts and opened them up and drank some coconut water, and they call the unmatured coconut jelly. It's got the consistency of um, egg white, yeah, and it tastes kind of like that too. Not, mu not much taste there. All right, so Sunday um, we went to uh, the service. The, the Redeemed Deliverance Church of God is, is a church. Actually, if you go into the Praying Pelican website, there's been teams that have gone there in the past. There was one pre-COVID, and then there was one last year, I think, that built a bathroom. Or no, pre-COVID was a bathroom. Last year, they built an addition onto the back of the church, but there really hasn't been much done there. Um, we'll get into the construction project, but they had started to replace all the wood with the cement board. Um, all right, so this is Pastor Walker. On Sunday, um, he, he didn't preach, but one of the deacons was preaching. Um, and it was through the passage of, of Jesus walking on, on the water. But he preached through the text. It was a quite an active uh, sermon. And then, like I said, they sang for about an hour ahead of time. And uh, Kareen, we were all clapping, but she was dancing and clapping. And she worked her way across the aisle and was trying to teach me how to dance with my feet. But I can't do that and clap my hands at the same time. So uh, This is pre-service. They actually incorporated us into the service. The, a couple of the gals uh, did some special music. Uh, Weston read from Ephesians, and I shared my testimony. Um, anything else you guys want to add on the service? Oh, there's Rex. While he's preaching, there's no AC, right? So he was absolutely drenched in sweat. Like, his shirt was no longer original color. It was just dark. Um, so after the service, they fed us at the church, and then we did a prayer walk around the neighborhood. And the, the focus of the prayer walk was to invite people to VBS, or kids to VBS. And we went to two different neighborhoods. They call them neighborhoods, but there really isn't. It's just kind of paths out into the jungle a little ways. And, um, and we were going to pray for them, whatever they asked for prayer for. Um, but invite kids, but we we ran into all all kinds of different. There was a lot of little kids running around. Um, you see cars just on blocks without wheels, and a lot of places with concrete block just sitting around waiting to add on to their house. Um, Bo talked to these guys. They the first neighborhood we went to. We actually a lot of the people that our group went. To, they're like, oh, yeah, we're members of that church. So we're like, well, we're in the wrong neighborhood. But we, it worked out. We, we still prayed with them. Um, Weston and I and our group, we ran into Alex. 
this is Alex here and his sister and cousin, and they were on their way to pick some Otaheites, Otaheites, and uh, they use sticks and knock them down, and then you got to try to catch them before they hit the ground. But they were really good. After that, so, so Sunday afternoon, early evening, we went to the infirmary, which is in Fall. I think you pronounce it Falmouth, Falmouth, Falmouth. And if you think back to the map, it was straight up from the red dot to the coastline. And the infirmary is, um, it, it, it's, it, was, it was hard to, to be there. It was all adults that have some sort of disability. A lot of it's, it's uh, mental um, trouble, but some physical and um, and they don't get a lot of visitors. Um, Bo ended up playing checkers with this guy for quite a while. He had made his own checkerboard, and I don't think we got a picture of that in here. That was no. diagonal. Had a cardboard. He made his own checkerboard. Made a lot of things. He made a hat. I don't remember his sweater or something like that too. Um, but yeah, there was few different rules the Jamaican checkers that I didn't know about but about five games in I figured out how to play the game but um it was fun and uh yeah he was he was a neat guy and uh Henry thankfully we got to come back a second time and talk to him again so yep yeah so we did have some extra time towards the end of the week and we asked the students what they wanted to do and they wanted to come back to the infirmary because when we were leaving on Sunday a lot of the the folks in there said, you, "Can you guys come back?" And it was really, it was kind of neat. We prayed for them, um, read scripture to them, yeah, and then we ended up out on the the patio, out back. The ocean is right back here, um, and we sang hymns, worship songs. Um, it was really, really a neat time. Of course, you know what they knew because we'd start singing like Amazing Grace and then they'd all sing along with us. That was, it was neat. This was another fellow that Weston played checkers with. Um, and then we stopped at the grocery store to get supplies for VVS and um, the conversion is 150 Jamaican dollars to one U.S. dollar. So I had to take a picture of Weston next to a bag of ice for $390. And then I'm always interested in uh, in beef for milk prices. And you can get oxtail for a cool $2,050. And, uh, of course, that we don't really see these kind of items on in our local grocery store. Kidney, liver, well, maybe liver, but tripe and... I don't know what you do with cow skin, but um, interesting. And I walked the whole store looking for milk, and there was no, there was maybe a couple of cartons on the shelf at room temperature, but they don't drink much milk. It's mainly for cooking, um, baking. So the, the main projects, once we got to Monday and Tuesday, the uh, schedule was we would, do the construction projects at the church, and then in the afternoon, we had VBS, and 
Um, we tended to run over a little bit on our construction project, but we we got the work done. There was a, a big pile of gravel. I think I have a before and after coming up here. And this was the addition on the back of the church. So the right on the other side of this wall is the sanctuary. Um, but there was like these three foundational yeah, squares. And uh, we had to shovel it in the buckets and then carry it in and dump it. So it was a lot of manual work. Um, they were pretty strict on us drinking water a lot because it was hot and humid. And uh, had a couple of people get maybe a little dehydrated. But um, thankfully, all went well. Here's some more pictures. The next one was filled... Yeah, so this is the pile when we started, and then it was non-existent by the time we were done. Um, and there we are. So this would have been after the first day, and then this was after the second day. And uh, this is Jay here. And a little lesson from Jay that I had is on... On the prayer walk on Sunday, we were we were, went to the second neighborhood, and Jay was sitting on the porch on his phone, on the porch of the library, I think it was. It wasn't labeled really well, and my initial thought was, he's a teenager, he's probably not going to come to VBS, probably a waste of my time. I mean, that, just to be honest, that was my thought. But Linford and I walked up to him, and talked to him, told him that there was going to be VBS at the local church, and um, and asked him if he had any prayer requests. And his response was, there's too many to mention. So I said, well, can I just pray for you generally? And he said, sure. So we, I prayed for him. I didn't think anything of it. And then he didn't show up Monday, but he showed up Tuesday with a couple of his younger brothers. And his mom actually came, who's pregnant with number nine but come to find out um his i think his dad i think they're divorced but his dad had a house fire and all his papers were in it um birth certificate and if in jamaica if you don't have your papers you can't go to college it's really hard to get a decent job so he he was working on his mom's house trying to add on a room for um, for himself, I think, but then it's it's probably going to be a nursery. Um, so he was kind of having a hard time, and we were trying to figure out a way to help him get his papers without, you know, and making sure the money went to the papers. And um, through talking to his mom on the phone and, we finally just gave him the money, and uh, I don't know what Instagram is, but some of the girls had it, and they are able to connect with him, and it sounds like he's he went in and paid for it, and his papers are getting um, remade, so that was good, but on the last day, on Tuesday, we were kind of saying goodbye to him, and, and he walked up, and he said, can you guys pray for me, and uh, so it was... <laughs> It was a lesson to me not to prejudge somebody just based on appearance. Here was a guy that 
said he's got too much to pray for to even mention. And um, that was a, it was a good lesson for me. So then uh, we had the dirt project, and then we were taking off the, the plywood to put on the concrete board. Um, this is kind of the progression of the week. So the plan is is they they mortar these joints, and then they can paint paint the church, and it'll be waterproof. But if, as you see, it's a pretty simple structure. I mean, there was wasps coming and going into the into the sanctuary, and um, like I said, there's no AC. They had some fans inside. Oh, back here, this is these are the black um, jugs that the water is stored in. This one, the the rain gutter catches it and drops it right into the the tank. There's more, lots of sweat, Bo. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, they told us to bring more clothes for VBS because we would have been soaked for the kids. Um, so yeah, by the end of the of day two. We were able to get all the big concrete board done. There's just some on this side of the house that we didn't uh, didn't get to, but we actually were able to buy more concrete board based on all those that donated to the trip. There was a little bit extra that we were able to to do. So thank you again for everybody that that supported. Um, this is the pastor's son. Bo was. Bowen Weston and a couple of guys had a lot of fun with him. So VBS, um, the Becker Baptist Church had a curriculum all prepared, and they had brought a whole suitcase of uh, um, two suitcases. Yeah, just supplies and and the curriculum. Um, so we started started each day with songs, and so it sounds like. Two days, what can you accomplish in two days? Well, we were instructed through the Praying Pelican not to do even three days because typically however many show up the first day doubles the second day, and then on day three it doubles again. And they said just based on the size of your group, they didn't think we'd be able to handle it, just the sheer number of kids. And it, and it ended up being that way. But it wasn't quite the numbers they were thinking. We had like 15 on day one and then 30 to 40 on day two. Um, and they, the kids that were there on day one showed up an hour early the next day. So they were <laughs> pretty excited to be there. Um, then there was teaching time. Uh, Miles was John the Baptist, and he did a, a super job with that. He was crawling on the ground looking for locust and then we had a, a prop of a sloth the kind of the theme was um, the wild things that God has created um, just a, kind of a neat way to get the kids um, involved but yeah he's uh, looking for locust and um, Megan was showing the or the phrase that they were saying about God's creation. This is craft time. Um, this is uh, Dina. She's a little girl I was able to help. Um, it was neat later 
hearing from Corrine. So Corrine was our, the gal that, that helped us, and she told us that she was one of these girls, um, and she was kind of saved through missionaries coming to her church and, and doing a VBS. And you think, well, I don't know, it just seems like such a small thing, right? But she said, those kids will never forget your name. If you show up five years later, they'll still remember your name. And um, it was encouraging talking to her. She was very, she was just naturally an encouraging gal, but um, just to hear her story. So, yeah, inside the church, there's some fans. The benches are pretty simple, um, but it's hot. Bo and uh, Weston were in charge of games and miles, I guess. Yeah, Weston. Yeah, Weston had a a bad day health-wise one day. But um, so this, I don't know if you want to. Sure. Yeah, we played uh, Duck, Duck, Goose the first day, and that's what that was. They had never heard of that before, but, uh, and then Korean said they'll go around and they'll, Duck, Duck, Goose will spread through all Jamaica because the kids will teach every other kid that. So, and then do you have the other game yeah. up there? That's more duck to goose. And we did freeze tag. Hadn't heard of that either. Same thing. We had lots of fun. It was uh, fun to teach them. Lots of laughing the whole time. And then the parachute, uh, they just had a blast of that. And uh, it was so much fun to see their smiles. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. So then the memory verse. Yeah, so the memory verse was Luke 10:27, and um, it gave me an opportunity to just basically start, like, who is Jesus? Um, and most of them knew. Uh, there's a lot of hands raised, and we talked through that. But I just thought I'd take a little time because the verse on its own is good. Um, it, I don't know if you... The Shema is from Deuteronomy 6. The Lord, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then um, um, later in Leviticus is the love your neighbor as yourself. So just just a little side on, on Luke 10. Um, so the lawyer was likely a scribe. Um, when, it, when it says lawyer, it's not like the lawyers that we think of. It's, it's a Jewish lawyer who's an expert in the law, um, the Mosaic law. But he asked Jesus this question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So really that's the ultimate question, right? It pretty much gets right to the point. Um, it would be nice if we'd get that more often, right? And people would just come up and ask that question. Um, so what, what is required of me to gain entrance into the kingdom of heaven would be another way to say it. But it, the fact that he said inherit kind of implies that he already knew it was something to be given. Um, but what's the requirement for the gift? So uh, later in Luke 18, we, we all know the story of the rich young ruler. He asked Jesus the same question, but sadly, they both have a similar response to what Jesus tells them. In uh, 
So verse 26 of Luke 10. How does Jesus respond to the lawyer? Well, he turns the question back on the lawyer. He says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And Jesus, so Jesus points him back to the scriptures, specifically the Pentateuch, the first five books. And, um, and so the lawyer responds, verse 27, he quotes the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19, which we, we often call the golden rule. Um, and we had, we had actions for the kids. And you guys want to do the actions with me? <laughs> so that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And um, the kids, they all got it. yeah, they got it. And um, they actually, we'll get into it a little bit later, but the, the last day we had offered ice cream to those that memorized it. And thankfully, the ice cream took a while to get there. So we went around and, and asked each kid to say it to us. And even like little five-year-old kid would, say, I, I can help you if you want to say it. And then, so I just helped with the first word, and then she, she got the whole thing. So it was really neat to hear that. Um, but basically, this is the Ten Commandments summed up in loving God and our neighbor. Um, Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And Paul said in Romans thirteen eight through 9, owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus responds to the lawyer, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. Well, what's the problem with this requirement? Or better stated, what is our problem with this requirement? We None of us can love God or our neighbor perfectly. So we understand that's what we have to do to inherit eternal life. But, Bo, you want to read James 2? Yeah, James 2, 8 through 11. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality... You are committing sin, and you are convicted by the law as a transgressor. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one part, in one point, has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And just a few verses later in verse 19, uh, James actually addresses the first part of the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 about the Lord. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In James 2.19, he says, You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So inheriting eternal life is not based on partial keeping of the law nor merely believing that God exists. It's not an intellectual um, thing. The demons believe, but realize they are not inheriting eternal life because they tremble. Um, 
Verse 29, how does the lawyer respond to this requirement? It says, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So he got hung up on who his neighbor was. The assumption is that he had, he figured that he had the loving God part down. He just skipped right to the neighbor. Um, he just needed to clarify who his neighbor was. And if you remember the rich young ruler who thought that he had kept the law from his youth, um, kind of a similar situation. So how should we respond to the righteous requirement? Yeah, First John. First John 8, 1-8 through 2-3. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all right, unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So we need need to respond with honest humility. This is the right answer. Um, it should drive us to our knees, begging God for His mercy. Um, so that's the that was our goal with the kids, I guess, is to um, to make sure the gospel was was clear. We didn't have a lot of time one on one, but it was they were they were receptive. So I'm pushing the, the one-hour sermon thing, too, here. But um, we'll just keep rolling. So ice cream, it seemed like a good idea, but it was really messy. And I went through a whole thing of wipes trying to keep clean the kids up so they didn't go home dirty. But they only ate ice cream very, very late. So they were very grateful, but they also didn't know how to eat ice cream. Yeah. So it was a dripping yeah. down there. Yeah, and I was the one that said, "Don't worry about dishes, because then we got garbage. Just get cones." Well, then it ran everywhere. And this is this is them saying goodbye. They it was hard to hard to say goodbye. They're a fun group of kids. Um, so Wednesday we went back to the infirmary. They took us out to eat at a local restaurant. Just quick story. Um, we got done eating, and the students in our group played the same thing. It's like, well, if we recite the verse, will we get ice cream? So they recited the verse in the restaurant, and then the next table to the next of us gave us a uh, – were clapping afterwards, and we ended up talking to them, and they wanted us to share it again and um, ask for prayer. Uh, then we went to the orphanage. This was a fun time. It's a, a boys' orphanage in Martha Bray, which is close to Falmouth. Um, 14 boys, ages 5 to 14. Uh, immediately when we got there, uh, this, I believe his name is Damien, but he went by Flash, and he wanted to race somebody as soon as we got there. So Weston took on the challenge, and then uh, there was a big soccer game going out. Pastor Kevin was teaching kids how to fly, 
and we were there was four square and and uh this is uh Joshua. I played frisbee with him for about a half hour. Just really happy, joyful boys. Um Linford was teaching them card tricks at the end and they were this boy was just couldn't figure out how he was getting these tricks to work. Yeah. Yeah. This this boy ended up with Weston's sunglasses. Yeah. So the the orphanage is owned or run by an old Texas couple and so they had some visitors um coming that were there. So Thursday was the last day. They kind of called it the free day. Um, we went to a market, and uh, a quick story here. They said, you know, they're going to barter with you. Um, don't tell them how much money you have. Well, I was bartering for something, and Weston comes in and says, Dad, if you need more money, I can help you. I'm like, So when we finally got to the ocean, and uh, this is Dunn River Falls, and it's pretty easy going falls where you can climb up it. It was it was kind of neat. Um, Weston and Linford had kind of a special bond. They both kind of act the same. And then we we said goodbye to our new friends. It was it was tough. Um, and then I just had to include this at the end. Um, pictures hard to do justice, but this is Cuba, and um, the plane had to maneuver around. There were some pretty big storm cells here, but it really just—I don't ride in a plane very often, and to get a bird's eye view, what God sees all the time, and just how mighty He is—that just by speaking, He created all this. It was—it was pretty impressive. And thankfully, we didn't get caught in one of these, but when we were in Chicago, we boarded a plane, and then there was tornado warnings, and they tried to get us off the plane quick, but that doesn't happen very quick, and the plane was rocking on the ground more than any turbulence gave us, but we made it home. So just some some quick uh, take-home thoughts, things that we learned and then if you guys have any questions, we'll conclude. All right. So what I enjoyed the most was spending time with the kids. That was really fun. And uh, helping them with their memory verse was probably my highlight of the trip. It was, it was really great. And that they actually got it, it was, it was awesome. And... Uh, my takeaway would probably be uh, the same thing that I prayed for the most going in there was that I could boldly proclaim the truth. And so I'm going to read from Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, and uh, where it talks about that. Um, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, 
that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, able to talk to people, and uh, the Holy Spirit did help us, and it is something that I can keep working on. So, yep. I think my favorite part was just simply seeing, like, how big the church is and how, every, like, all, most some of the places we went, everybody knew God. And, like, how you can just, like, go on and have a conversation, like, how you already have stuff in common. My favorite part was the orphanage because there were some pretty cool guys that knew God, and they were like, oh, you hear it? Let's play soccer. So we had a huge soccer game going on. I think my team lost because we were trying to be nice. The other guys on the other team were, like, completely kicking that ball. But, yeah. yeah my biggest take-home thing was just uh, the word intentional, that I just need to be more intentional in my conversation, in my actions, and in my time. Um, in my conversations, just be more gospel-focused. In my actions, just, you know, the going to the orphanage, going to the infirmary, going on the prayer walk. Um, you see a lot of people with needs, but I know we have people with needs here, right? And uh, yeah, sometimes I think I get so wrapped up in the word that I forget about um, demonstrating the love of Christ just in actions. Um, so that, that kind of hit home. And then redeem the time. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 5, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, so that was, that was my big take-home lesson. So any, any questions? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to say because West, Weston thought he was going to run faster, but Weston, but he, to his defense, uh, Flash didn't have shoes on, so. It seems that way because I went back and looked at pictures of the just this church and nothing had been done in the meantime. So it seems like I, I'm assuming that there's some financial need there for, for the projects to get done because they certainly have the the man labor to do it if they had the... So like once we forwarded the, the funds, then they dumped that load of gravel off and delivered the uh, the concrete board and the screws. Yeah, there was, so they have a sister church in, in Massachusetts, and there was a couple um, members from that church there that week. Um, but I don't know if they're linked uh, financially, but... But I know Praying Pelican has been linked with this church for a number of years. 
Anything else? Well, again, a big thank you. Um, really uh, had a, a neat time. I, uh, I've shared with some of you, I, I, um, I did have some reservations as to how effective a short-term mission trip could be, and, and it was. I guess personally and, and just hearing from the, the native workers there, it, it, there is an impact even if it's just a week. So if anybody's thinking about it or praying about it, I would encourage you to, to give it a go. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.